Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick and welcome to the Presence Podcast. You're here for episode number 64, year two. Now this is, again, a late podcast, but I'm going to try to record two, this one and the next one, or in other words, Thursdays and Fridays. The thing is, it's actually after midnight on Saturday, about 1245, but I am awake, one, because I need to be, number two, because I took about mm, a three-hour nap this afternoon into the early evening, so I'm feeling pretty alert and also pretty calm at the same time because it has been a pretty good day and it's been an even better evening. And I am glad that you are here, whatever time and place that you are finding yourself in right now, as I share with you how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to experience the presence of God on Thursday. Now, Thursday was a day with many little God moments, God presence moments, I should say, within the day. And many of them took place at school as we explored the second day of Lent. And more significantly, the day in which the church remembers Saints Perpetua and Felicity, two early Christians who were friends, uh, sisters in the faith, and both of whom were martyred in the Roman arena. And that story was moving and powerful to be able to tell and share with my students because many of them, and I was actually kind of surprised by this with the number who have gone to Catholic schools for numerous years, had not really heard the story of Perpetua and Felicity. And I was glad to share it with them. And I think that was an important part of my day and my ministry in my teaching on Thursday. But the God presence moment that I want to reflect on took place late in the day, and it wasn't in my classroom. Far from it, actually. It was in my basement, down in my cozy prayer spot, which, incidentally, I am not actually sitting there recording this because the house is quiet, it's late, and I'm up in the family room, which, or really the living room, which we also call the library in our house because of the bookshelves that we have here. But I'm sitting here relaxing and recording. But it was last night, earlier than this, about an hour or so, hour and a half earlier, that I was on the phone with a new friend in the recovery program, which I am working most diligently at the present time. Now, regular listeners will know that whenever I speak of my recovery program, or in some cases it's been programs, I don't break my anonymity. I think that would be problematic and not to the spirit of my recovery. I do say this, though, as a qualifier, that it is not a substance program. It is not a struggle that I've had with a substance or a compulsive action. Rather, this specific program helps me to look at the patterns of my adult behavior 
being rooted in my childhood. And it helps me to embrace the inner child, which is within me, and to be able to move forward as a healthy, more secure, more alive, and more free adult. So it was a member in this program that I was talking to last night. Now, it's interesting because this gentleman, who I will not name here, I won't break his anonymity, but he's someone I will almost certainly never, ever meet. Because this particular program has many, many, many phone meetings during the week. And on the phone meetings, you hear people who share their experience, strength, and hope that you particularly resonate with. And when the meeting draws to a close, you can ask for phone numbers to reach out and to talk to these folks. In this particular program, we call the others who are um, in the program with us, we call them fellow travelers. And I really like that because especially right now in the midst of the season of Lent, which is a journey from ashes to Easter, that I really do feel this sense of, of traveling and having those who are walking the path with me. Maybe some are a little further ahead of the path on the path, others are maybe a little bit further behind, but we are all making this journey together. So it was last night that I think it was my third or fourth call with this gentleman, and it was pretty amazing. And I really felt God present through the phone line as I sat in my cozy basement sanctuary speaking with him. Now, if you'll stay with me through the break, I'll tell you a little bit more about why this particular conversation was a God presence moment for me. Well, thank you for staying with me through the break. So I think as I remember last night and the conversation, but more importantly, the feeling of it, I think what made this one different is the fact that this particular fellow traveler is a poet and <clears throat> that he has a stillness about him as a person which is kind of interesting because one of the things he shared with me is the struggles with feelings and emotions and anxiety and insecurity that lies beneath his surface. And I think it's kind of interesting in, in another sense because he has this still surface that has this turbulence underneath him, whereas I think myself is that I have a very active um, outward uh, surface and when I'm really honest and in a safe, trusting place, I, I do have quite a depth of, of stillness within me. So I guess in that sense, we're, we're kind of um, opposite, but yet complementary. And I think also what helps is in conversation with this gentleman, I am invited to slow down 
to slow down my speaking, my thinking, and to be slower and more deliberate in my listening. He um, said something that, that I think was really important insight to, for me. And he, um, he said that he actually kind of felt uncomfortable in saying this. But I'm really glad that he did. And it was this, that he said that when we've talked on the phone, and this was our, like our third time talking, that I would frequently kind of say something like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which to me is, I, I, I know that at least on my conscious level, I, I, I do that when I'm on the phone to let the other person know that I'm listening and, and to just let them know that I'm still there. But I think that he, he did say for that that made him feel uncomfortable. I think in part because how we connected was through phone meetings. And one of the ways, the foundational ways that phone meetings are done is a person shares in silence. There is no um, feedback that is given, even sort of sublingual feedback, just sounds, you know, the mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I... I think that's sort of what he was um, responding to. But I was really glad that he said that. And, and from that point on, in the, I was glad that he said that, that he could trust me enough to be able to say, hey, this is an obstacle in our connecting. And the rest of our conversation, I was able to not do that. And, and through my own other nonverbal ways let him know that I was listening and that I was present and and that slowed me down and made me more present really to what he was saying and in doing that I noticed that it was opening up places in myself where I could go deeper and there was kind of a point about halfway through our conversation we ended up talking for over an hour last night which on a school night is not great, but I had taken a nap, so it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, it was actually quite good, but, um, he said he's a poet and I asked him, I says, well, what, what's some poetry that you've written recently? I'd love to hear it. And I think he was kind of surprised that I asked and kind of, he thought for a moment and, and then read me a, a poem and, um, kind of in the style he, he goes to open mics and kind of in the style of like a slam kind of poetry, you know, with a cadence and a little bit of a kind of a rap to it. And it was, um, you know, direct and just very much, he put it out there and, and I resonated with it and there was an image in there and I'm, I'm not going to be specific, but an image that I really resonated with. And, and that I think, using that image, that metaphor from his poem, it enabled our conversation to go deeper and, and to my own places that I, I don't like to talk about and, and feelings that I don't like to acknowledge, articulate, or especially not actually feel. And I guess, again, to sort of move this to a conclusion, one of the things also that was interesting as I, as I think back, it wasn't in this conversation that I divulged a lot of information about myself. 
you know, I don't feel like it was sort of like a, blah, here's all the stuff that I am. But rather it was facets of myself and, and my deeper self, my truer self that I was able to bring forward. Not so much as stories, but as this is who I am and this is where I am. And again, I think a good conversation always is from God and of God, even if you're, we're not speaking specifically about God, which we did last night a little bit, but not really very much. So I felt God so present in that moment. And in part, this conversation, in part because it was a surprise. We, this gentleman and I had spoken a little bit um, previously, but this was again, unexpected. I thought it would be kind of a short and maybe brief and, you know, shallow, not shallow, but on the surface kind of phone call, but it developed into something much different. And for that, I am grateful. And for that, I, in that, I felt certainly God's presence. So when have you recently felt that connection? Maybe through conversation, maybe through a shared activity, Maybe it didn't even involve another. It was yourself feeling connected to God, to the universe, to nature, to animals, to whomever, to whatever. But when have you felt connected in ways that allowed you to go beneath your surface, to go beneath your mask or your persona that you project to the world and really share from your depth, your true truest self I know I did last night and I hope that you have done that yourself recently and that in so doing you experience the presence of God in the midst of that as always thank you so much for being here blessings and peace Mm -hmm.